We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky, make it a double. Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 29 of Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. Woo! 29! I'm reserving my excitement for the number 30. Yay! That'll be next week. Woo! It's exciting. Yes. I can't believe we're already almost at 30. I it's feel like we just started one yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I am your host, Sarah. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Dan. What's up, y'all? Oh, really quickly, we got our ballots today. So that's exciting. Yes. Yes. So we are voting. I'm excited to vote absentee. So technically, I don't even actually believe in the political process in this country. I think the whole system is effed. But I'm excited to vote absentee because I think it's an important right that everyone has. So that if you are sick or you don't want to get sick or you are agoraphobic or claustrophobic or you just don't like the a-holes you live around and you don't want to go to this stupid building you should still absolutely have the right to have your voice heard. Absolutely. And it's just easier. And so when you make processes easier, more people are likely to participate in them. And I don't want to hear this BS about like, well, if it's easy, it's not worth it. Well, you're an idiot. Things should be as easy as possible. Yes. You don't have to earn your right to vote by getting up and going in your car and going through BS rush hour traffic on a Tuesday evening after work with everyone else bumper to bumper slamming on their brakes, not paying attention because they're rushing to get it done so they can get home and take the roast beef out of the oven or whatever it is. This should be able to happen whenever the heck you're ready to do it. Yeah. So I'm excited to vote absentee because I really think that that's an important thing. Yeah. And this election is really important, and I'm sorry that we're doing this in the beginning of the episode, but <laughs> yeah. um, just a really quick aside, uh, one of my podcast friends lives in Texas, and he said that his wife went to the polls the other day, because they do, they're doing early voting right now, and um, she stood in line for five hours. That's nuts. I don't even stand in line for five hours to... In Galaxy's Edge. But five hours, and this is early voting. That's nuts. A, it's kind of nice that people are turning out. That's what B, I said, yes. But B, come on. Yes. I said, well, why why didn't you guys decide to do absentee ballots? You know, that's what Dan and I are doing. And he said they actually made it very difficult for us to do that in Texas. So, uh, well. 
Yeah. Not surprised. So, uh, so they're they're going out to the polls. But I, I that was what I said to him. Uh, I was really happy to hear that that there was such right. a great turnout early. I mean, we're not even, you know, we're we're a little less than a month away from actual election day, and to hear that they already have a turnout like that is absolutely incredible. I, I think that with everything that's been going on this year, and just this this administration in general, I, I think that m- thankfully more people are realizing that they need to get out and vote. So. Good on yeah. you guys. Either way, we're not telling you who to vote for. We're no. just saying vote. <laughs> absolutely, exactly, absolutely. You vote for whoever you think is the is the the candidate for you, and that's that's how voting works. So, just exercise your right. I mean, it's an incredible thing that we have in this country to be able to voice our opinions, unlike uh, some other countries. So, use that. You, you don't understand how powerful it actually can be. But anyway, so on to the actual case today. <laughs> if you hear weird noises in the background, our pug is sleeping and snoring. So today's case takes us to Ireland. So I hope that I pronounce these names and locations correctly. There is definitely one that I know for sure that I am not going to get even remotely close to correct. But we wanted to give a little thank you to our Irish listeners for helping us chart on the true crime Apple podcast charts. So here it is. If I pronounce something incorrectly, please let us know nicely (laughs) at our Instagram of how I should be pronouncing it correctly. Nicely, please. So this case is a little different take on domestic violence, because again, it still is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But nonetheless, it still involves violence perpetrated against an intimate partner. And it's an even more interesting case, as this is a case of a Black widow. Ooh. It is spooky season after all. Exciting. So I thought this would be the best case to choose right now. So this is the case of the murder of Tom Nevin. Tom Nevin met Catherine Scully in 1970 at the Castle Hotel in Dublin. She was training in deportment. I'm not really sure what that means, but that was what I found in my research. They put it in quotes, deportment. And had plans to open the Catherine Scully Model Agency and Beauty Grooming School. Tom, 10 years Catherine's senior, was a bar manager at Freehills, a pub in Dublin. Four years after their initial meeting, the two went on their first official date. And two years later, on January 13th, 1976, the pair was married in Rome. Within 10 years of their marriage, they had purchased two houses And in April 1986, the two opened their own pub in British Bay, County Wicklow, called Jack White's. And in another 10 years, Tom Nevin would be murdered in that exact location. I just want to start off by saying that I love people in 
Europe were like, oh, let's just get married in Rome. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm jealous. I, you can just, you're like a couple of hours away yeah. from like such beautiful things. It's so easy and to And your just trains like, are cool. You oh, can just yeah. get on a train and pretty much go anywhere and they're allowed to go fast. Yeah. Whereas our trains fall apart if they go over like 50. Did we go on the metro when we were there? I don't think we did because think we, we did. flew we, everywhere. Well, for we like flew $20. and we and we walked. We didn't use the metro right. in in no, Paris we, either. We did. We did the buses mm-hmm. in in Dublin. In Dublin. Mm-hmm. In and around Dublin, we flew between countries yep. for like twenty bucks, which is another awesome thing about <laughs> Europe. You could literally get on a plane for twenty dollars. Amazing. And be in a different country yep. in a couple of hours. Yeah. Whereas for us, it's a couple of hours just to get into the city. And it's expensive if we, if we want to fly from state to state. Yeah. It's incredibly expensive. I've yeah. looked into flying from here to my sister. And what is that? A three-hour drive, roughly? Three-hour yeah, drive? if even. It two costs and a $1,000. That's ridiculous. Why? That's insane. Anyway, that's that was a yeah. tangent. And I just want to say that I love Europe. And yeah. I'm, I'm so jealous of the you The ability guys. to just get around is awesome. Honestly. <laughs> But anyway, back to the case. So when I was reading about them, it seemed like they were quite an odd pairing. They both came from very humble backgrounds. I think they came from like farming families, but it seemed that she was very glamorous and he was, you know, a a blue collar working guy. You know, he was a manager of a bar and she was all about the beauty and, and the glamorous life and everything like that. So... From what I could see, the beginning of their relationship was even, to outsiders, a little bit of an odd pairing. But, I mean, it seemed to work for quite a while. You know, they they were, (laughs) they knew each other for four years before they even went on their first date. And then two years later got married. And then... I guess because they were, you know, hard workers and and saved, <laughs> they were able to buy two homes, and you know, so it was they they seemed to have some sort of synergy in the beginning of their relationship. However, even though my opinion is that they may have had a good relationship in the beginning, an investigator on the case told the Irish Sun that Tom was a battered husband but was too prideful to file any complaints. At one point, Catherine had pushed Tom down a flight of stairs, which the investigator explained could only have been for means of killing him. And at another time, shortly before his death, Catherine smashed a potted plant over Tom's head. During the investigation, the Garda found these unexplained injuries to be mysterious, but could not formalize any charges against Catherine due to Tom never having reported. Weeks before the murder, a cleaner at the pub had overheard an argument between Tom and Catherine, and she claims Tom told Catherine to, quote, fuck off, and that he would not sell out to her. Evidently, it seemed Catherine was trying to get out of the business and ultimately the relationship. On March 19th, 1996, Tom Nevin was shot to death inside Jack White's. 
but Catherine was not the one who pulled the trigger. Well, because it seemed like it was leading up to being her. But that was crazy that you, that you, you apparently they were not having a great relationship because it seemed like they seemed like the perfect couple and they seemed like everything was going well. But apparently he was a battered husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was kind of a biatch. Yeah, I had read that she was quite controlling and manipulative. But when they were in front of people, you know, outward appearances, yeah. she was incredibly charming. She seemed to love him. Right. You know, all of the things Which that... kind of makes sense. I mean, if A, she's all about beauty and appearance and she's 10 years younger than him... Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense that she would be that kind of person to put put on a front mm-hmm. in public to hide the fact that she's actually a biatch yeah. in private. Yeah. And doesn't appreciate him. Right. And his, what I can only assume, is pretty hard work. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the one who, like, runs the pub. He right. He does everything. And that means that he's probably working until 3, 4, 5 in the morning. Yep. So that sucks. Yep. They lived in the pub, not in the pub, but they lived above the pub mm-hmm. as well. So right. it was their home. It was their, it was, it was everything to them. Right. It was not just their business. It was, it was everything. So he, yeah, he probably spent almost 24 seven there, I would assume. And she probably, you know, again, this is just speculation, but. She probably didn't want to be spending all that time there. She probably wanted to be, I mean, to get married in Rome and want this glamorous life and all of that stuff. And then you now own a pub and you're just stuck there all the time. I don't think that's really the life she envisioned for herself. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's kind of, she was kind of like Alexis in the barn. Although Alexis was cool with it. Oh, <laughs> we've been watching Shit's Creek, so. <laughs> really good show. You should check it out. So funny. So funny. I'm sure the majority of them have because we're apparently so behind on watching this show. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so at trial, it was exposed that Catherine Nevin had had numerous extramarital affairs and had asked at least three different men to murder Tom for her. One that's of these... a bad idea. <laughs> you can't be going. You can't be shopping around for hitmen. That's that's a great way to go to jail. One of these men was William McLean, a self-confessed smuggler. He had worked for the couple at Jack White's as a barman. During the time of their affair. Friends and employees of the couple stated Catherine and Tom's relationship functioned more as a business partnership than it did a marriage. And they seemed to not speak much to one another and often slept in separate bedrooms. Another affair that was brought up at trial was with a Garda inspector, Tom Kennedy, to which he denied in court though a witness testified to seeing them in bed together a few times. He had been a friend of Tom's for quite a while. A third affair that was also brought up in court was with Judge 
Danica o Bachoa. Please let me know if I did that correctly, because we just spent like 20 minutes trying to find correct pronunciations of that name. So, and I'm very proud of myself for that. She's very proud. <laughs> very proud right She's now. She's very proud. Okay. So anyway, the judge told the court that Tom had introduced him to Catherine, but that the two never engaged in any type of sexual relationship. Ready? Ready. In total, Catherine had made 18 requests of three different men to have her husband, Tom, murdered. Yeah, she's not very smart. No. Jerry Heaps testified that Catherine asked him 10 or 12 times, to which he told her the bullet could pass through Tom and possibly hit her. And she replied, quote, it would look great if Tom died in my arms. Oh, so she's kind of nuts then. Like, I mean, in addition to the fact that she wants somebody to kill her husband. Yeah. She's actually nuts that she's like, oh, it's cool if I die in the process of committing conspiracy to murder my husband. It's cool that he dies but in she, my again, dying arms. It's all about image. Like, oh, I'm, it would be so nice to have him die in my arms. I'm such a loving wife. I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess that she does, in fact, go to jail. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but I'm going to go ahead and put dollars to pesos that she doesn't walk free. Another man, John Jones. Did I pronounce that correctly? Please let me no, know. No, you messed that one up said that Catherine had asked him to get the IRA to kill Tom. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the least dumb. <laughs> and she also... Still dumb, but the least dumb. And she also asked her former lover, William McLean, telling him she would pay 20,000 pounds. But he denied the request. 18 requests. Wow. Of different people. Different people. It's not like she asked one person right. where it's easy to cover your tracks with one person. Yeah. She asked multiple people. That's just a bad idea. Multiple times. Yeah. Because if you say it once, you could like chalk it up to, oh, I was just joking. That was. Right, right, that right. That was right. a joke. Right. When you continue to ask somebody to murder your husband right. and you actually plot it out and say like, oh, you can shoot him. It would be great if you shot him in my arms. Now you're That's committing intent. C conspiracy to commit murder. Yeah, uh, it's That's intent. Right. <laughs> so, like, clearly not the smartest no. woman. And now you're telling somebody that you'll pay them 20,000 pounds to go kill your husband. Like, you just keep digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. into this hole of... Probably going to jail. Yeah, you're going to jail. Yeah. And, you know, these men were on the stand, too, saying that they never had any sort of affairs with her. Meanwhile, other witnesses were like, no, no, like, we legitimately saw them. Yeah, by the way, so if you're called as a witness, you're protected. You could pretty much say anything. You're not the one on trial here. So if someone asks you if you're having an affair, you say yes. Right. Because if you say no... You're now perjuring yourself. Correct. And you can be brought up on charges for that. So if you're a witness in a case, really, for real, don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it goes the same way in, in Ireland I'm as well as it does I'm pretty sure it goes here, the same so. way everywhere. Yeah. 
don't lie in court. It's a bad idea. It is a very bad idea. Just say, yes, we were banging. It's not illegal to do so. And even if it were, I'm not the one on trial. Just be honest. Yeah. Don't lie in court about something as stupid as an affair. The funny thing is the one man who actually admitted to having the affair with her was the was the smuggler. He was a criminal to oh, begin yeah. with. Yeah. So he's That's like, clout. yeah. T- That's clout. T- t- totally had an affair with this woman. But if you if you see a pattern here, all of these men were friends with her husband. They all met her through her husband or or worked for them or something. Yeah. So like this was all so close to home that she you know, these these people were friends with with her husband. And I have to wonder if he knew. You know, I mean did he know and just he was putting so much effort into the pub that he just didn't care? Or was it the pride thing? Or did he not know at all because he was putting so much time into the pub and he just, their marriage was dissolving as we heard from these witnesses and, and it just wasn't, they just didn't communicate anymore. So, you know, I'm curious to know if, if he, if he knew. I'm going to say he probably did. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So in the early morning of March 19th, 1996, after a fruitful St. Patrick's Day at the pub, while Tom was counting out the register, someone entered the pub and shot Tom, killing him with a single bullet from a nine pellet shotgun. Can you explain what that is, by the way? I don't. I'm not okay. Well, no one's ever said that ever, but I'm assuming that means it was a shotgun loaded with buckshot. Okay. Because if you've got nine pellets, those are pretty big BBs. So, like a shotgun obviously fires a shell, which is packed with either a slug, which is one whole piece of stuff, lead probably. Uh, then you can have buckshot, which is typically like six or seven or eight or nine little individual balls that are each. Typically about eight or nine millimeters. Um, you can have like bird shot would be the lots and lots of tiny little balls in it. So, and then there's there's shell lengths and and different primers and whatnot. But I mean, if you're saying nine pellet, that probably means buckshot. So it's one shell that you pull the trigger once and it shoots once and nine little BBs. About the size of a 9mm bullet, but round, spheroid, instead of a bullet shape. Okay, so am I incorrect in saying that it was one bullet? Correct. Okay. Again, I'm assuming that that's what 9 pellet shot... There's no such thing as a 9 pellet. A shotgun will take any shell that'll fit in it, as long as it's the right gauge. 20 gauge, 12 gauge, 10 gauge, etc, etc. The research had said that he was shot basically at point blank range... And was killed by one shot. So does that mean... Uh, so, I mean, it could be just one firing of the weapon, right. which fired however many balls right. were in the okay. shell. Okay. Because I couldn't really find much else about... Yeah, no. I mean, you, theoretically, you could put slug rounds in a shotgun, but you're almost never going to do that. There are very specific circumstances in which you put slug rounds into a shotgun. Uh, for killing humans, you're going to use buckshot. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Which, yes, would typically have like eight or nine-ish okay. individual 
BBs or pellets per shell. Okay. And I- yes, if you shoot someone at point blank range with buckshot, they are very, very dead. Doesn't matter where you shoot them. Okay. They're very dead because that's going to rip everything apart. I've mentioned before that I'm not even close to understanding anything about firearms. I Again, I've studied them multiple times in courses and my programs and stuff like that. And I still just don't understand how how any of that stuff works. So um, thank you for explaining that. You're welcome. And uh, for our listeners who maybe don't understand it, hopefully now you also understand it a little bit better. I played a lot of Counter-Strike in my teenagers. <laughs> a lot of Counter-Strike. Yes, Dan is my is my arms guy. <clears throat> I did arms today, it's true. So, Catherine told investigators that she was awoken by someone pressing her face into her pillow. If you remember, I had mentioned that it's not only just the pub, they also live. This is also their home. She heard a man shouting, quote, fucking jewelry, fucking kill ya, and said that the man had a knife. She also said the man then tied her up and made off with 13,000 pounds and the couple's car. The couple's car was later found abandoned, and apparently witnesses had said that they saw a strange man speaking with tom earlier in the evening at the pub and it seemed as if they knew each other the way that these people were saying they were talking but there was really no other witness statements that came out about who this person could possibly be or if the person that was speaking to tom earlier was in fact the person who ended up shooting him Catherine was able to press the panic button and the garda arrived around 427 a.m. Finding Tom on the floor in a pool of blood. While they could not place the gun in Catherine's hand and did have a suspect for the person who actually pulled the trigger, unfortunately, the suspect that they thought could be the trigger man ended up passing away before their investigation led them to him. So they really don't know for sure who the trigger man was, but they do know that it probably was not Catherine. It is one theory, but they're probably, they're pretty sure it's not her who pulled the trigger. But through the investigation, they found that Catherine had probably hired someone to murder her husband based on the mountain of evidence from previous encounters with witnesses as we heard from trial testimony. After four years and a crime that Catherine thought she was getting away with, Catherine was charged with her husband's death. On April 11th, 2000, Catherine Nevin was sentenced to life in prison. In August 2017, she was released from prison and transferred to a hospital due to having been diagnosed with, I believe, brain cancer. She ultimately died in hospice on February 10th, 2018. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to say I saw the cancer coming, but I definitely saw the jail coming. Yes, you did. You mentioned it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, even though they couldn't put the gun in her hand, she still got life in prison. Oh, yeah. 
for That's... conspiring to murder yeah. her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you ask three different people to kill someone, you're going to jail. And the person dies. You're going to jail. Yep. Even if you just ask three people 18 times to kill someone and it never happens, you're definitely getting a visit from the police. Yeah. And you may even still catch some kind of charge for menacing or something like right. that. But yes, if you ask three people 18 times to kill someone and that person dies, you are going to jail. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like I said, they never actually found the person who pulled the trigger. They do believe they know who it was. But again, that person passed away. So, they got her. At least. Right. Um. Thankfully. Because she's probably the kind of woman that would have done this to another husband. Oh, yeah. she'd have Exactly. She'd have married someone else mm-hmm. and killed his ass, too. Correct. I mean, that's usually what black widows do. Uh, the media dubbed her black widow. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of women who kill their husbands are dubbed black widows by, right. by the media. Because it sounds cool and it sells newspapers. So why I chose this case, not only, obviously, is it a domestic violence case. So, you know, covering something in Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, also, it's spooky season, like I said. So having a black widow case. But the fact that the perpetrator was the female in this case and the unfortunate victim was a male. We don't hear about that very often. And I think that putting the label of Black Widow on it glamorizes it. So she probably was like, oh, look, I'm a Black Widow. Look at me in the newspaper. Oh, yeah, she loved it. You know, she, right, probably. I don't want to talk about this case to glamorize what she did. She did a horrible thing. I mean, she was belittling and battering her husband leading up to the point where she commissioned his murder. Had he not been so prideful or ashamed of what was happening? I mean, this was the early 90s. He's a man. He's a pub owner. He's an Irish pub owner. Like, you know, especially of that time, men didn't want to share any sort of vulnerability So to come out and say, I'm being battered by my wife, Mm -hmm. he would have been absolutely ridiculed by, by the media, by the, the community, by probably by the police. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so unfortunate that it led to what it led to, because had he been able to express that this was happening Maybe she would have been brought up on charges earlier and maybe he would have been able to get out of the marriage and had his life saved. So the point of this story is to tell you that this happens to men also. And nobody should be afraid to express that this is happening to them because if you continue down that path... It could just get worse. And yes. we don't want it to get worse. It will get worse. It's not just could, it will. It's going to, that's a fact. So, especially right now, in this moment, what we are saying is if you are a male who is in a relationship where you are the abused, please reach out to anybody that you can. Yeah, and if the people around you aren't being supportive, then don't be around them anymore. Agreed. 
Those are not the kind of people you want in your life. If you can't reach out to friends or family, there are, of course, again, hotlines that you can reach out to that will give you information of where to go from here. They will provide you with resources. They could help you with safety planning. They could help you with getting out of the situation that you are currently in. And that's what our hope is. Our hope, again, we say this every week, but our hope with doing these cases and doing this podcast is to help people who are in these situations get out of these situations. We do not want anybody to feel helpless. So with that said, I do want to give a few um, resources so as we always talk about the hotline.org, which is the National Domestic Violence Hotline, that's here in the States. You can give them a call at 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, which is 7233. Or you can go onto their website for a live chat at thehotline.org. And if you are in Ireland, you can go to the website safeireland.ie slash get hyphen help. And they have a portion of the website right there that you can click on to find your local helpline. So this website can provide for your local community. So you don't have to go searching, you don't have to go to Google or anything like that. If you are in any of these situations, please, please, please try to reach out to anybody you can to figure out how to get help. It does not mean that you are a weak person. It means that you are trying to save your life. So please go to these websites, call these numbers, or again, like we say, you can message us at Blackbird Advocacy on Instagram, and we can provide you with resources ourselves if you don't know where to go. So that's it for today's case. Any parting words for, for that? No, you know, just uh, don't conspire with three different people to commit murder because you're going to jail. I mean, do, because you should go to jail. Yes, if you plan to kill someone or have someone killed, please tell everyone. I swear, it'll all work out well. There is a case that I actually, it was here in the States. And a woman, she had gone to somebody that she knew to hire them for, um, to kill her husband. And What? Carol Baskin? No. (laughs) God, no. Um, And he immediately went to the police. Yeah, that's another parting word, by the way. If somebody comes to you and asks you to kill someone, say, yeah, sure, no problem. I just have to make a quick call. No, 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 there's more to this. Oh, I'm ready. This story is amazing. So he goes to the police. He files a report. The police say to him, great, go back to her. Tell her you know somebody who is a professional hitman. We will put an undercover police officer as that hitman. Nice. So she now goes, speaks to this undercover police officer who is this hitman. They set up a plot. She leaves for work or goes on a run or whatever it is one day. 
I think she like goes out to the, yeah, something like where she doesn't normally go. So she like went out to yoga class that morning or something like that. And that was the whole situation. So she hired this hitman to come to the house when she was going to go out, kill her husband. She was going to come back and be, oh my God, my husband's dead. Mm -hmm. She comes back to the house and there's police everywhere. And I believe this is all on recording from like the the body cam or whatever. And the police tell her, you know, I'm sorry, um, your your husband is is dead. And you can hear how fake her reaction is. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, before you can hear it, before the police officer even finishes saying he's dead, she's already, right. oh, right. no, because she knows what's about right. to be said. Right. Long story short. They bring her back to the station and they're like, yeah, no, we know that you actually hired someone. Your husband's fine. Right. So. Good. Yeah. It was amazing. Good. Absolutely amazing. But anyway. um, So good on that person for actually going to the police. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so her husband is safe. She is in jail. Everyone is where they need to be. Good. There are a couple of things that I do want to um, to say to our listeners because we've gotten a couple of um messages on our instagram that i want to just talk about for a minute um one of the messages was in regards to one of the survivor stories that we did someone had written on our post about one of the stories that the woman in our story was lying about her ordeal. I quickly shut it down, but I want to make it abundantly clear that Dan and I 100% believe survivors. So if you are going to come to us, especially on our advocacy page, telling us that a survivor is lying about their experience... I'm going to immediately shut you down and block you. And how do you think it's going to go any differently? Come on. Right. Telling, Get out of here. Telling us that you think this person is lying, I, I couldn't care less. How do you think that we're going to, well, she's going to do all this research, write a script and everything, and I'm going to sit here on a Wednesday evening when I've got to go to work the next morning at 6 a.m. and I'm going to sit here and record a whole episode of a podcast on something that literally some rando on the internet can just say, oh, she was lying, and I'm going to be like, oh, you're right. Get out of here. And the best part of it was the reason he thought or or quote-unquote knew she was lying was because she he knows the guy, and he's a calm guy, and he would never do that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're convinced. We're going to retract our, our episode uh, now. Really? Get out of here. Stop. Come on. There's no place Weak. for that on our page. Go find some garbage Facebook page where you can spout that nonsense. Yeah, bro, half the internet's garbage. Go go there. Uh, because we're not having it. So I'm, I'm just saying that right now. There's no place for that. We have no tolerance for that. It's bullshit. We believe survivors. Yeah. Done. So that was the number one thing that I wanted to talk about. The second thing that I wanted to talk about is we have had somebody who has been commenting on our Psyche Saturday posts. 
the first one she commented on was our antisocial personality disorder one. So our first Psyche Saturday episode. And she commented something along the lines of, you know, it must uh, that, that most people get these things wrong. Um, but she's willing to listen to our episode to like, you know, find out if we're correct in in what we say. So fine. I didn't feed that troll. <laughs> someone someone else actually started talking to her and whatever the conversation dissolved. So our most recent one is narcissistic personality disorder. We just posted that this past weekend. And she commented on that one as well. And she commented something along the lines again of we are incorrect. How dare us correlate narcissists to violence and IPV and that we're basically, we don't know what we're talking about. Which is funny because the research comes out of the DSM. Correct. So I want to, again, make it abundantly clear that I do extensive research, especially on the Psyche Saturday ones, because that's where I find the epi epidemiological studies, neuroscience studies. I mean, I cannot tell you the amount of hours I search for proper studies to be able to write the script for Psyche Saturday and provide you with the information. We are not saying that people who have personality disorders are automatically violent. Being that we have a true crime podcast, we wanted to see if there is a correlation between these psychiatric disorders and violent activity. And being that it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, some of them we are equating also to IPV if they correlate, if there is research behind it. If there is not, I will say that. But from what I've been finding, and you know, if you listen to Psyche Saturday, which I'm pretty sure this person does not, you will know that everything that I talk about, I cite. So you can find those research studies yourselves. Right. Go find those doctors and tell them that you know better yes, than them. These are MDs, DOs, PhDs, right. PsyDs. This isn't our opinion or our original research. Correct. Sarah Sarah finds studies by actual doctors. Correct. So the point of Psyche Saturday is to see if there is a correlation. And like I said, if there is not, we will make sure to say that. But again, from the research that we have found, there has been correlation. And especially with narcissistic personality disorder, I wanted to cover that during Domestic Violence Awareness Month because that's the number one thing that people consider domestic abusers, narcissists. So I wanted to really see if the numbers match how often people say their abuser is a narcissist. That was why we covered it during this month. And that is why we correlated it or saw if there was a correlation, tried to find if there was a correlation between narcissistic personality disorder and IPV. 
from there, she also found one of the posts that we did. Um, we did a mini-sode in the, I think it was last week, about bullying, because it's also National Bullying Prevention Month. And this is really why I am saying this. She commented on it and said, so you're all about anti-bullying, yet you make shows bullying and demonizing people with mental illness. Nope, you clearly don't listen to the show. Correct. Because we're constantly talking about how much it must suck to have been born with this broken thing in your brain. Correct. We're constantly defending people. <laughs> Just as we believe survivors and don't tolerate people who tell us these stories are fake, we do not think that somebody who has a legitimate mental illness is a bad person or needs to be demonized or stigmatized. We, again, do Psyche Saturday to explain to our listeners that even though there may be a correlation between a specific psychiatric disorder and potentially some sort of violent act, with explaining to you the epidemiology, we're showing you that it's only 1% of the population or 2% of the population. We're trying to explain to you that violence from someone who has a legitimate mental illness is not as prevalent as people believe it is. We want to share with everybody that people who have mental illnesses, for the most part, are just like you and me. Right. And I'm pretty sure in like one of the last episode, last couple episodes, maybe the last episode, you said those exact words. I so did. clearly she's not listening. She's not listening. She's not listening. Um, and one of the most important parts, one of the most important things that we try to get across, and I'm pretty sure I've said almost these exact words, is that the shame of violence being caused by people with mental illness is that mental illness is something that we can potentially fix. That's a problem that if we can define it, we can solve it. Whereas if somebody is totally mentally and cognitively stable and they just like hurting people, there's nothing you can do about that. That person, that violence is just going to happen and you have no choice but to just go the crime and punishment route. But people who are committing violent acts because they have something wrong with their brains, that's something that we can potentially get ahead of and fix. Correct. And we can prevent future violence. And we've said that, and I've said those exact words. Mm -hmm. So if you're just not paying attention to what we're saying, then you don't have a right to give your opinion. Or if you are seeing a post that we make and you didn't even listen to the episode and you have no idea what it's even about and you're just going off of a headline... I implore you to actually listen to what we talk about. So what I wanted to say basically is we believe survivors. We want to help victims. We want to help the community to realize that people who have mental illness are not scary. And we want to destigmatize mental illness. 
We have said this time and time and time again, and I'm sure it'll come up again at some point that somebody else is going to possibly try to say this to us. So we'll go through this diatribe again. But if you think that for one second you're going to be able to get away with saying some of those things to us, you're absolutely incorrect. And if you don't believe what we say, do your own research. So anyway, vote on November 3rd. Yeah, or, get or, you an absentee ballot exactly. if you want to go out. Get an absentee ballot. Go to your polling place if you have early early polling. Check your states. Yeah. Wear your mask, wash your hands. So with that, you can always find us at our Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. You can find us on Twitter at Blackbird underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook, Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast. You can find all of our other social media at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. You can find all of our podcast platforms there. Please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, because that seems to be the easiest place. You can also find us now on Amazon Music. And if you or someone you know has a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. And please tell your friends and family about our podcast, or at least about what we discuss. So as always, stay safe, be aware of your surroundings, and continue to social distance. Especially in Europe, because apparently they're getting their second wave. Just heard yeah, about like that at today. Least, at least second. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we're on our second wave. We are on our second wave. I'm pretty sure there are places on their third wave and their fourth wave. New Zealand already is done with their second wave. They got it over with. Yeah. Because they're just good at handling that stuff. They are. They're very good at handling that. So if you're in Europe, wear your mask. Listen to your uh, government officials. I don't know. You all have different things over there from country to country. So listen to your government officials and uh, wash your hands. <laughs> Stay away from other people. And um, I forget where it is, but somewhere now has a curfew as well. So um, just be safe in all respects. Just be safe. So yeah, we'll be back next week with an all new Blackbird. Thanks, guys. Good night. Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family... That's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah!